morning. Preaching Jesus' name this morning. Is God on your side? I did not know what I was going to share about until Friday. But I had some experiences that happened to me this week. So I was drawn to a Psalms. Psalms 124. My heart did a little flip-flop when Justin said his devotion from Psalms 100, and I'm thinking it's getting pretty close. Psalms 124. These Psalms are known as Songs of degree, degrees, and there's 15 of them, so I'm breaking in here in one of these. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The streams had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who has made heaven and earth. This song probably would have been sung by the Jews on their way to Jerusalem. It is also mentioned that this song could have been sung in the temple courts, also from a low note going to a high note. David very likely penned this psalm. And what was he reflecting? He was reflecting probably on a time when he felt that his enemies had an advantage. What was the outcome going to be? Was it the Philistines? But David knew that God was on his side. Israel had many enemies. And David went after them. And it usually worked out. Because God was on his side. It's interesting how David thinks in this psalm. When something is repeated twice, you take attention to it. And we have a repeat in 1 and 2. And instead of thinking about good things that happened to him, he thinks about the bad things that didn't happen. It's kind of a negative toward thanksgiving. It's a way of backing into gratitude. Let me explain the method. Walk to the edge of a cliff but you didn't fall off 
But you look down and you see this ravine, you see this abase, steep drop off, and you get this wave of a nausea feeling. If you're normal, you should get that. And if you're a dad, you're going to say, children, stay back. And then you pass, or you, you, uh, you get this nausea, and this tightening passes over you. And then you step back and you think, thank God I didn't fall. Is that the idea that David is using here? I remember as a boy being terrified of heights. And I'm sure dad and mom can testify to that. Because I remember going to a place in Alberta called Banff. Do you remember that, Danella? We were pretty young. We went up to this, uh, I don't even know what the, it's Banff Park, so there's big mountains there. And we were in this enclosed car, gondola car. And I think I was petrified at the car as well, because I'm sure the cables are going to break. But we meander our way up to the top of this mountain, and uh, I just vaguely remember being on top of this mountain, not enjoying it at all. I'm sure I was a real party pooper. But I remember vividly my Uncle Dale standing over on a wooden platform that was over overcropping over the edge of this huge drop-off. I didn't go over there. That was the least thing I was going to do. And I was sure he was going to fall. I was extremely scared of heights. But you wouldn't know it today. I don't know if I got more callous to it or what, but... If the Lord had been on our side, if the Lord had not been for us, there is a presumptuous... presumposition there. The fact is, the Lord, the God, Yahweh is for us rather than against us. And it's interesting as I was thinking how afraid of heights I was just a week ago I pulled up Banff National Park thinking that that would be a fun place to go. Paul's message in Romans chapter 8. Verses 31. What shall we say then? What shall we then say to these things? Question mark. If God be for us, who can be against us? Question mark. God is for us. Who can be against us? How do we know God is for us? Because he did not withhold the sacrifice of his son 
He gave him, gave us a way to escape from the penalty that we should have. We just came through Easter and we reflected on that, the sacrifice and the resurrection of what God did for his children. What is our view of God? Do we view him as a policeman with a stick waiting to beat us up when we mess up? God does not tolerate sin, and I believe it saddens him when we fall, when we fail, when we fall. But God extends his mercy and his grace to us. God is for us. He has demonstrated that by taking that guilt and anger on his son on the car, on, onto the cross. So we know with assurance that God is on our side. And the psalmist wants us to think about that. What our life would be like if the Lord wasn't on our side. He goes on to illustrate that people would turn against me in anger and swallow me up and overwhelm me. The wrath kindled against us would be so great. Have you ever had anybody mad at you? Extremely mad at you? When some someone comes to you with anger, sometimes it seems they have all mouth, giant mouth full of loud sounds, and they're about ready to eat you. I just had an, an example or an illustration that happened when we were in Rochester of an incident that I came upon, and it happened to be between a store employee and a customer. And I came in and I overheard some loud uh, noise. And I thought, boy, that guy is really getting into it. And uh, I thought maybe he was sharing a really interesting story to this this uh, this clerk. Or that actually it was a, a store uh, employee that was working behind the, the coffee bar. And uh, it didn't. It was kind of hard to piece it together, but it wasn't until I walked past that I heard her reply with some very strong language to him. And I thought, boy, that's, that's odd. Usually you'd think of a store employee being able to take it and letting it run off your back. And, but she fired back at him, and then it continued to escalate. And uh, I heard uh, one of the... Well, the man said, I need a manager. And so one of the other employees said, all right. So there's guy comes walking from down by the freezer section there. And I have a feeling he had probably heard it because it looked like he was probably buying some time, hoping that it would work its way out. But it didn't. And so uh, he gets up there. And, of course, by that time, I'm not interested in what I want to get. I'm looking at the, the fruit punch and the grape juice and... I'm trying to act busy, and in the meantime, I'm interested in what's going on here. So I just, you know, 
eavesdrop a little bit, and I couldn't hear what the manager was saying, but I could hear what the other guy was saying. And I'm not going to say what all he was saying, because it was very, very foul. But he made the comment to the, the employee, or the manager, that they stick up for their employees. And I heard him say, sorry. And he's like, oh yeah, right, you're sorry. So I was amazed at the manager's response. Very calm, very collected, took it with stride, de-escalated the situation very well. The customer went out the door. Uh -huh. hmm, I wonder what's going to happen next. So now I'm interested in the candy aisle and continue browsing. And in the meantime, a couple other managers come up and they surround the coffee bar. And uh, again, I couldn't hear what all they were saying, but... I just heard the, the employee saying that she's tired of being nice, she was tired, and she was trying to be nice, but it just, it ended up, it, she got tired of it, and she flew off the handle. And so then in the meantime, I'm like, I'm leaving, I gotta go get my stuff. And so, so I came back up, of course I picked that cash register, self-checkout that was right beside there, and she was just coming around the corner with her backpack heading out the door. I'm not sure what happened, but either they left her go for the day, or they fired her. But that was an uh, illustration of somebody that got angry and upset and it didn't end well. There is so much anger and outrage in our world. How can the buildings stand? How come don't they collapse? How come aren't the presidents assassinated? Why aren't the nuclear bombs detonated? It's only because of God, mercy, that the human race even survives at all. The second image that David wants us to get, it's a flood. He has in mind those sudden floods that are common on desert country where canyons fill with water without warning water rises and there's flash flooding and it may not even be raining where you're at and this water comes racing down the canyons takes you by surprise and sweeps you away I have a feeling David probably experienced some of these in his times of running his quest, whatever he was doing, I'm sure he, he saw, saw that firsthand. There was a story of a family in Arizona that got hit with one of these. There were 17 of them. Ten of them died. And it affected three generations. It happened in 2017. It was a six-foot wall, water 40-foot wide, churning down the canyon with trees and dirt, ending up hitting a popular swimming hole, taking them by surprise. This is the image that David is portraying here. Another uh, example I thought of is Pilgrim's Progress. There at the end... Christian and Hopeful are there just about to the city and they come and they see this river that is separating them from the city. 
There's no way to reach that city but to cross that river. And there's two men in shining clothes that have explained to them that the river is only as deep as you believe in the king of that city. Christian begins to sink, crying out to his good friend Hopeful. He said, I sink in deep water. The billows go over my head. All his waves go over me. Selah. Then said the other, Be of good cheer, my brother. I feel the bottom, and it is good. Then said Christian, Ah, my friend, the sorrows of death have compassed me about. I shall not see the land that flows with milk and honey. And with that great darkness and horror fell upon Christian, so that he could not see before him. And here is a great measure lost. And here, in this great measure lost, his sense so that he could neither remember nor orderly talk of any of those sweet refreshments that he had met with in the way of the pilgrimage. For a while it seemed that Christian will drown, and his friends struggling to keep his head above the water, feeding him, encouraging Bible verses. Christian goes into a daze, then finally cries out, Oh, I see him again, and says he was reminded of these verses in Isaiah 43 too. When you pass through the water... The waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And then the enemy was still as a stone until they were gone over. There's a third image. Alan, did you pick a song yet? Do you want to lead 527 when we get to the end for closing? I was going to do that before I started and I forgot. There's a third image that David wants us to get a hold of, and that is, describe it as a trap. He uses the word fowler, so birds. I would imagine back then they didn't have guns, so in order to catch a bird, they had to use a trap of some sort. A clever trap. Once we are trapped like a bird, we're captured into that net. But thanks be to God who can break that net, that trap, and He can set us free. Do you know what it's like? Do you know what it feels like to be trapped? I don't know that I've ever been trapped to the point where I couldn't help myself. Another example that I just had happen, we had a newborn calf that was a few days ago. Dad called me and said, there's a calf up by the heifer water. 
looks like a piece of plastic. I didn't think anything of it, but I went to uh, check it out. Well, here it had fallen off the concrete into this mud with some water in it, and it was belly deep in mud, and its nose was only a few inches from the water. And I could see, I could just see the top of its back, and it looked like it was struggling. The first thing I thought of, it's, it's drowning. So I raced over there, but it was, it was all right. But I had to work to pull him out. That calf was trapped. He wouldn't have got out on his own. He would have struggled, eventually succumbed to drowning. It took me to rescue that calf. There's a poem by Maya Angelo. It's called The Caged Bird. A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current's end and dips its wing in the orange sun ray and dares to claim the sky. But a bird that stalks down its narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longs for the still and his tune is heard on the distant hill of the caged bird. Sings for freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze, the trade winds soft through the sighing trees. And the fat worm waits on the dawn bright lawn, and he names the sky his own. But a caged bird stands on the grave of dreams, his shadow shouts on a nightmare stream. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but long for still, and his time is heard on the distant hills, for the caged birds sing of freedom. Psalm, Psalmist David. Would it not have been for the Lord, we would be in that cage still. But God is in the business of setting us free. There was a sailor who had been in prison that after his release, he had money in his pocket and was going over a London bridge he saw a man selling birds, thrush, thrushes and larks and so on. What do you want for that lot, said Jack. I forgot how much it was, but Jack found the money, and as soon as the birds were his, he opened the door and let them all fly away. The man called out, Whatever did you do, buy those birds for, and then let them fall fly away. Oh, said the sailor. If you had been in prison, as I have, you would be, you would be sure to set everything free you could get hold of. You and I ought to display the same kind of feeling toward those that are in bondage. The Lord Jesus has a tender heart and is setting those that are captive to sin free if they will confess their sins and forsake it, we can then have liberty and freedom.
Are we in the business of setting people free? If we cannot set people free, then I ask the question, have we experienced freedom? Having God on our side is a blessing. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. When David thinks of what would happen if God had not been on his side, I think he returns to answer it, and that is in Psalms 121. I'll read that in closing. Psalms 121. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I ask the question, is God on your side?